This is the podcast, not an interview. This is a conversation. No gimmicks, just reasons. 84 reasons. Come holler at me. No games, no gimmicks, just reason. My reason today, unless you live under a rock, unless you just got that hater in you, there was this, you know, there was this sign, Netflix special called Swamp Kings. I couldn't, they couldn't have picked a better name. My next guest was a huge component on that, former national champion, over what, six years in the league, doing so much that we gonna get into for you fans. A person that, listen, near and dear to me, because I used to brag on this boy like I like I played with him. Yes, I used to lie and say I played with him for people that asked because I got tired of asking. The great Brandon Siler. What's going on with you, baby, Siler? What's up, man? How you doing, brother? I can't call it, man. Look, I, listen, I know your media tour has been, you know, been crazy probably the last week or so, probably leading up to it. But I remember, man, seeing Steve Harris. I saw him on Facebook talking about, hey man, y'all got, I'm doing something for Netflix. This is like months ago. I'm like, what the hell is Steve doing with Netflix, right? Then <laughs> talk to you and talk to Lewis Murphy and talk to Dallas Baker. What is that like? You know, we obviously Netflix, one of the biggest streaming service, one of the biggest services in the world as far as like, you know, programming. They approach you to do Netflix special. Did you, did you think it was real at first? And then when did it hit you? Oh, they really want to do this. I knew it was real the whole time. Um, I knew that they were doing something and they were gonna do something eventually. Um, and when they approached me about it, kind of all the players started talking to each other on, you know, is this gonna be good for us? Is this gonna be bad for us? Uh, do we wanna do it? You know, some guys got interested in how much money they can make and all of that different kind of stuff. Um, I'm a businessman, so, you know, I wasn't really concerned about the money as much as I was about uh, our story being told the right way. So that's why I was interested in doing it because I was like, you know, we have to, they're going to do it no matter what, right? Yeah, so yeah. we have to make sure that our story is told the right way. That they, um, because, the, you know, the reason that a lot of people, you know, with the backlash afterwards is that uh, we didn't talk about enough negative stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's like, look, that stuff go on whether you are, you know, Tennessee State uh, medicinal church of uh, college of 7A. Right. Um, that stuff, you're going to have stuff that goes on um, in a football program. But what made us great, what made us worthy of doing a Netflix documentary is that we won football games and we had a great combination of athletes and people and leaders all together on one team and we achieved uh, 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 championships and we did things and we won and we we won week in and week out. So that's what made us special. So that's what the documentary was on. We were proud of that. Uh, I think the university was proud of the job that we did on it. So shit, it was a success. I got to take a quick break real quick to make sure you guys understand that while I appreciate all the support you uh, you guys give me and I love the support, make sure you support these student athletes by going to the best, the greatest NIL platform in the country. We talking about Florida Victorious. And when you become a member, make sure you go to the coupon code and type in 84 Reasons. I know you're saying to yourself, what do I get? You get 20% off your first month's membership. That's 20% off, but the only way you get it is by typing 84 Reasons in the coupon code. That's Florida Victorious. If you love the orange and blue, like I know you do, like I know we do, make sure you type in 84 Reasons in the coupon code to get 20% off. That's 20% off your first month's membership. Now let's get back to the action. It was bigger than that. I, I used to think that success was something that based on what we, what you ended up as. But success to me is what people, like the feedback. Because when people say, well, Brandon, why don't you talk about this person? Talk about that person. Which lets you know, well, dude, when you do, when you do the special, you talk about that. Because you seem to know more about us than me, the person that was actually there. Because Netflix is a validator. Meaning, if something happens, on that's for help. And then, number one streaming. I mean, I saw the shot. Listen. 
Major, Major, right? He probably talking about it right now. He's doing, he's doing a video right now, saying, you know, be great. So I'm with Netflix special. But Brandon, this is what I, this is what I wanted to ask you though. It's one thing to know that y'all had a, a hell of a run. I'm talking about a hell of a run. It's another thing when people say, man, people need to see this, cause yeah, we gonna, you know, we brag about it, cause obviously I'm biased. Y'all boys was y'all part of the golden era, Spurry era. Y'all were the golden era. But when you, but. Talk about rehashing some of the memories. Cause you know, sometimes they ask you stuff like, oh man, I have forgot about that. Cause everybody, my, my nephew, you know, 12 years old, he's like, Uncle Benny, man, is that what they really do? <laughs> they really go in there and do that thing with the waist? I said, championship teams do. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, I said, you still want to go to Florida? He's like, yeah, they still do. I said, listen, man, you don't win championships having a regular mindset. It don't. Happen that way. I don't care what nobody says. And look, for those of you who did win national championships, I'm not going to name said teams. Why, why aren't you got your Netflix special? Because everybody can win one. You, they had y'all boys had a chance to win three in a row with, with with all them alpha males. What is it like knowing that man, y'all y'all in the record books forever? But now Netflix making so the world knows now. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I talked with Billy Napier about it too. Um, just recently, and he was like, you know, it's crazy because recruiting is different now because these kids that we're recruiting, they 17 to 18 years old. This happened 17 years ago. So they would have just been being born. They wouldn't have known anything about this. They would have heard about it, but they haven't seen what went into it. You know, half of the stuff that we were doing uh, back then, they don't allow anymore, right? Some of that stuff is gone. Uh, but, you know, more so than just uh, the physical ailment that we showed there, it showed how um, how you lead, right? Uh, what things that you have to sacrifice, right? The midnight lifts were done. They started at midnight. Right. Which means that you went midnight to two o'clock in the morning, midnight to two thirty in the morning. So um, a lot of that kind of stuff is just like stuff that you put out there and you let the world know that behind the scenes, these are the things that are happening. And even some of the things in the documentary, like you said, dang, did you remember any of this? And it brought back memories. I talked to Steve afterwards and Steve was like, Man, it's crazy watching that documentary because I never knew that you went to the stadium with Spikes and handed him off the reins in the stadium. I said, nobody knew that except me and Spikes. We went to a stadium with nobody in it. It wasn't for show. It wasn't for the TV, right? This was something that, I, that was in my heart that I wanted to tell him. You know, I was a big fan of him, and I knew that he was going to be great. Right. So I was handing it to him and telling him, like, look, I already know what's inside of you, brother. You know it right now or not. It's inside of you. And this is all going to be yours. You're going to be one of the greatest linebackers ever to play here. So those sort of things that people never got to see, never had the insight into. Now they got to see in the documentary. And um, it feels good. Right. Because everybody knows the background history behind it. And it makes us relevant. 17 years later. After all that and doing all of that, everybody goes in their different ways. Um, I moved on in the business, right? Uh, everybody in our schedules was so crazy, trying to get us all together at one time and trying to get um, all of this filming done. Um, it was crazy because everybody's doing so much different things in their lives right now. Uh, but I think it came together nice at the end of the day. You, you and B Spike's relationship is something that you know, doesn't go over nobody's head. It's something you just said. You go, man, I didn't do this for the cameras. You, to me, that's when you really understand as a player, when I can say, hey, man, what I say to you as a teammate is going to go much farther than what a coach going to say because I'm there. I can see it. And the last thing a player want to do is hand the reins off. Most players, I don't want to do that. But you said, man, I saw it in him. I said, boy, look, I'm giving you this. And I'm not saying if you don't do that, he don't become what he become. But it's something about your big brother saying, I'm giving you that. Boy, I see it in you. That way, no matter what you hear, man, what was it about you and him? Because both of y'all, hell, hell of a player, both of y'all were. But you said, man, it's something about this young boy. I got to tell him. 
Because you know how it is, be silent. The criticism gonna come. It's coming. If I can get to him before the world do, they can't stop him. What was it about him that you saw? Because a bunch of great players, linebackers come through Florida. You you and him, y'all, I will put you and him, y'all do overs. Good Lord. I mean, I, yes, I was blessed enough to play with Andre Davis and Bam Harmon and guys like that. But what was it about you and him that made you say, let me let me take this young man under my this young boy under my wing. That way, when he becomes who he becomes, it will only be a surprise to the onlookers. Um, I think it's uh being selfless, right? Um, my ultimate goal while I was at the University of Florida, as my mama told Urban, right, was I was gonna win a national championship, right? And I wasn't getting out of there until I did it. And the crazy thing is. Uh, my mom told Urban, like, hey, you know, he's going to win a national championship, and then he's going pro. And Urban's response was, if we win a national championship, then I'll be the first one that ship him off to the NFL. <laughs> and he had to, you know, had to live with the words, right, because we won it in my junior year, you know. Uh, but I think it's about being selfless. I think a lot of the things that um, that I had to do came from uh, – being kind of isolated at the beginning, right? When when Zook took off uh, and then Urban comes in, um, that second year I spent really isolated, right? And it's something about when you isolate yourself, right? When um, you have Urban coming in that's trying to do something this way and the players that have been used to doing something a long time are like, man, I ain't really feeling that. You know, you got to kind of, brace yourself in what's going to make us successful, right? Is it going to be, are we going to be successful if I allow myself to be the ear or the person that says, you know, oh man, it's hot out here today. Yeah, it is hot. Yeah. It was hot for me too. But I just, I said, man, this is what make Florida, Florida, baby. Woo, feel that sun when you come out here. It feel good, don't it? I bet you they can't handle this. We the only people in the nation that can handle this. Right. So then it switches everybody's mindset. Right. Yeah, it's still hot. It's still 100 degrees outside. But now everybody feels different about that. Now, instead of saying, oh, look what the heat is doing to me. Now we saying, oh, shit, this is our competitive advantage. Imagine when somebody come into the swamp, they're going to have to deal with this. And we already deal with this every day. So we're going to be ready for it. So it's just that type of mentality you have to understand as a leader. Like, look, I got to switch my mindset my way of thinking about things that people have been thinking about for a long time and they've been thinking about them the same way, you got to re-engineer it and say, look, look I'm going to think about this in a way that's going to make us successful and that's going to make us the best version of ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Man, you, boy, you just, you just said something too. You, you know, I always tell people, people always ask, man, how hot was it at Florida? I said, listen, man, the devil beat us to the practice. He, he beat us to the field every day, every day. He waiting on you to come on on that field. And it's, when I when I played, it was um it was Marquand Manuel, you know, South South Florida boy. Every day we were on the field. Marco, you know, Eminem will say he'll say grass is green, sky is blue. Got a lot of work to do, and he'll say, and uh, Coach Lawson Holland, may he rest in peace. He'll say he'll say, how's the weather out here today, M? He'll say, nice and cool out here. He'll say it every single day. Now, when you first get as a freshman, I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? What you mean nice and cool out here? But then it's what you just said. Look, bro, fatigue gonna make cowards of us all. How in the world we can't take advantage of these elements? Well, they got to come here. They got to come deal with this on top of dealing with us. And it goes back to the scene when y'all doing, you know, when y'all in there doing uh, the, the midnight workouts. When you talking, to, I guarantee you, B. Spot was like, bro, what the hell? But when you telling him, let's go, you looking at him saying, well, let's, it's like when the best player are the best teammates, you go. You, you got a chance. To, see, that's what we had to learn. Man, the best players got to be the best teammates, and you want to switch it. You become the best player when you are the best teammate because both sides of the ball need what you're saying. But then, be silent on slack. You energetic every day. You're going to knock the hell out of running. If you're a running back, I'm sorry. I knock the hell out of people for a living. But then, you were approachable. See, that's the part that people don't talk about is, you spend a year in isolation saying, all right, man, that's a lot of time to think of college. Like, what type of player do I want to be? Going from different coaches, different things, whatever. When did Brandon Siler realize, man, this whole squad need me? Yes, I'm the leader of this D. 
Yes, I'm handing out the reins to this young, this young beast named Brandon Spikes. But when did you realize I get that, you know, Tebow, Chris Lee, the quarterbacks get all the, they get all the ink. It's easy to do that. But when did you realize, man, I better talk to the whole squad. Cause if I can't get these other dudes to think like me, we're gonna be in a game to where it's gonna be a dog fight, and the winner's gonna be the ones that can say, hey man, it's gonna be third and one. They're gonna run right at you. You telling, you might be telling that to Steve. You might be telling that to Major saying, bruh. I'm telling you they're going to come at you. And when they make the play, you just look at it. When did you realize, man, I'm more than just a national champion. I want them boys because, unfortunately, be silent. What our teammates say about us, that's what the hell we were. It don't matter what we feel. What they say we were, that's what it, When did you realize, man, what you gave the B-Spikes, you had to give it to the whole squad? Well, at that time, I wasn't a national champion yet, right? So my goal was to become a national champion. And I think after we took ourselves out of SEC contention that second year is when the light bulb, like, really went off for me. Like, look, I can't do this. Like, this ain't this ain't what I came here for, right? So what I had to do is I had to understand what made everybody tick. And some leaders, they're okay with understanding what makes everybody tick. But where they don't get it is they have to give everybody a little bit of piece of their sales and what makes them go. Right. So I did things um, to connect with different groups of people because we had a bunch of little subgroups at Florida and uh, Irvin would talk about it all the time. He put together a leadership group which had all of the biggest influencers on the team. These wasn't the best players. These were just the most influential people on the team. So sometimes, you know, it's unfortunate sometimes. The people with influence ain't always your best players, right? Yep. You have guys that play really good, but they want to play, and that's what they do. They don't have much influence over their room or over the people that they're hanging with. So we had different subgroups. We had the country boys that were going frog gigging, were, were, were catching hogs and, 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 and doing the cow tipping and that kind of thing. And I realized, like, look, I'm a city boy, but I have to spend time with them. Thanks. So. I went and caught gators, you know. I went and and and, and caught hogs. Oh my God! I wish they were. That's what you wanted I to feel right stuff, there. You wanted though, to be like, come that. on, be silent. I did that though because it's like you have to have a special connection and a special bond with people, right? So, in those instances, I got to know these people on a uh, on a different level, right? I got to know what made them go, right? What makes all of us go ain't the same thing, so. Once you start discovering what makes people go, then you understand how to deal with them when they have adversity. You understand how to deal with them when they're having a bad day, when they're not giving they all. You understand that sort of thing. So I did that with the country boys. I also did it with the nerves. I went to study study hall with them. I stayed after. We 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 went through problems and did that sort of that sort of thing. So every different little subgroup I I went into, I started understanding what made them go, what was important to them. When they had bad days, what was wrong with them and how to get them out of that bad day, right? I understood that on our D-line, I had a bunch of alphas, right, that all thought that they were the greatest athletes in the world. And they was, right? I mean, we had Ray McDonald, Joe Corn, Steve Harris, um, Jarvis Moss, Derek Harvey, all in the same place, on the same line, right? Um, but before, the year before, when we practice, uh, they wouldn't run all the way to the ball. So this is just one little little example, right? They all thought that they were faster than each other, right? And I, I thought that I was faster than all of them. So one day in practice, I just hit them with, hey, man, you know, I know, I know Jarvis, you know, uh, really want to be better than Ray, right? So I said, Ray, I know you, man. I know you the fastest fastest dude on this D-line, right? So, you know, you're going to get to the ball every time. But everybody try to get to the ball as fast as Ray. And John is like, fastest? He ain't the fastest. I'm the fastest. I'm like, well, I'm just seeing what I say. And Coach had already had a talk with me about having to find some way to get everything out of the guys in practice so that we can practice like it's the game. So it's just a routine in our head. So by doing that, I created a scenario where, look, we're going to keep points on who 
get to the ball, who who get to the ball first, no matter what happens in the play. It could be a fly, it could be a dead ball, whoever gets to the ball first. So it's crazy because we were watching film the next day, and you see Chris Lee drop back and throw a ball to Dallas, a deep ball all the way down the field. Okay, Dallas caught the ball, and on the film, it's still recording as Dallas is turning around to come back. You got seven guys sprinting at the top speed going to touch Dallas first. And when you see that on film, the coach like, what is going on here? And you just see us hauling ass to the ball. But that is the sort of thing that if I didn't understand that about them, how could I have said that to them? Right. How could I have given that to them? You know, so those are the, the things behind the scenes that, you know, they're small, but they're big. You know, you don't see those sort of things. And when you don't have those sort of things, it shows. You know what I'm saying? I think I think what you said about, man, I'm a city boy, man, but I had to get out there with them, them country boys. I had to go over there with them nerds. I, I don't think you, you I mean, we too young to understand the power of what we're doing in the moment. Them country boys, they can they can be like, man, be silent, man. We he can kind of understand us because we have a lot of similarities. We just one from the city, one from the country. I can only imagine when they quote them nerds going to their study hall or whatever they doing, and you like, hey, you know what what the hell y'all doing? And then they get to talking to you, and 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 it took them a, re- a little while to realize what is Brandon doing here. Oh, nobody made me come. I'm sitting here with y'all, and like you said. You going, y'all boys ain't that much different than me. Yes, the things you want ultimately are different than me, but we all wear that orange and blue. How much beside do you understand that now your name coming up in meeting rooms you ain't never been in? Them boys saying, yeah, man, he was talking to us about this, about that. And the position coach, like, Brandon Siler came and sat with, yeah, he was sitting here with us because we don't know what punters go through, kickers go through. We don't know what certain players go through. And we, and we never will. But when they say, man, Brandon came and sat with us and he really wanted to know us because it's a genuine thing. Because, you know, football players, I don't care if you're white, black, good, not good. We know genuine. We can tell fake real fast. Mm-hmm. When did you realize, man, I got to do this for all of them or none of them? Meaning, I, yeah, D-line, man, them, boy, them boys right in front of me. I got to give it to them. But... How much did that make you become a greater teammate by saying, boy, y'all still weird as hell, but I understand you more. Like now at least I had a coach tell me, but people got to understand your weirdness, man. That's when they understand you. Cause we, Brandon, you know, man, football player, we weird, but listen, we yeah. some of the weirdest, if we get hey. pulling back the layers, we, 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 but when somebody go, you do that too? Yeah, I ain't know you. What, what did you discover about some of these guys that made you go, boy, I would have never known you was into that. Well, see, I think it's about understanding me as a whole, right? Like, knowing that I could relate more with the nerds than I could with the country boys, right? Because I graduated 4.2 from high school. I still graduated from the University of Florida with a 3.8, right? I went, I got my master's. I got two certificates from Harvard, two from Yale, two from MIT, uh, one from Wharton Business School, and I got five classes right now until I get my doctorate. So... I could relate in that category even a little bit more where you think, okay, well, shoot, that was weird. That was the weirdness, but, you know, I was right at home in that in that group, right? And a lot of that was guys that was like walk-ons and guys that, um, you know, were taking advantage of these things that a lot of us that had scholarships was, you know, taking for granted. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, we get extra help. We get extra to do this. That's going to make it easier on me. So I think... I realized after that that loss, though, um, in my second year, that I had to be that, and it was it, it's uncomfortable. Anytime you're gonna be a leader, um, and you're gonna step up and have to lead, you're gonna have to step out of your comfort zone. Um, a lot of times, uh, people try to push people into being leaderships. I mean, into leadership roles and trying to be a leader because they're the best player on the team, right? And a lot of times, that don't happen right away. It takes a lot of work. And it's not until something goes off for you and you say, look, I don't care what they think of me uh, personally. I don't care what they think of me. As long as they respect me and my grind and my hustle, then I can get something accomplished because 
I can really lead these people. If they if they respect you and they understand that you ultimately respect them and you want the best out of them, then how can they go against the grain? For a while, they're going to they gonna have pushback because, you know, us just naturally, why not everybody's not leaders, right? It's because we like to sit in our comfort zone, right? It's comfortable for us. Um, and getting outside of it is something new. It's something unexplored. So, you know, it, it's not for everybody, right? It's, it's something that you have to fix your mind to understand that, look, I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm going to have to jump out there and I'm going to have to do something different. And when I'm done with this, it's going to make us a better team all together at the end. You know what I'm saying? I want everybody that's listening to hear what Brandon just said. Brandon needed an invitation to go talk to them nerds. Been a nerd, but but I knocked the hell out of people, right? I don't look like the typical nerd, right? 4.2 high school. Graduated from Florida 3.8. Harvard, Yale, Wharton School, five classes away from getting his doctorate. Certificates galore. No one would know this. And he said it. Thank God, Brandon, you said it. Because if I said, that's not true. See, sometimes, right, I don't look like what I am, meaning my athletic talents are so big that everything else about me gets pushed down. So when I show up, you know, when, when, they, when somebody's doing a meeting on, you know, why GPA, why, why school is important, and Brandon Seiler is the, is the guest speaker, the guy from Netflix, hell yeah, because I'm a lot of things. Football teaches you how to embrace everything, special teams. And listen, B. Seiler saying, look, bruh, I'm going to knock the hell out of this fullback to the point where he ain't going to want to come in there hold him. He ain't going to want to come in there and deal with that. I'm a, listen, I still made a tackle, but I got to show this guy in front of me, bro, you just, you just, a, you, man, you ain't even a roadblock, boy. You a stepping stone. I do it to everybody. But the one thing about the University of Florida that I know 100%, it gives you the rest of your life. You are, the stuff you're saying, when I'm at Florida and Ron Zook is telling me, being true, they only remember you as a football player, but you didn't do it. You didn't do what you were supposed to do when you was there. I get, I get the people that don't know you. I'm talking about the people that know you, teammates, academic advisors, trainers, equipment men. Because he said football gave me a chance to be introduced to you. We got to know each other through this sport. But who you are, Shans Hospital, going, making sure bowl games to where when when Brandon want to go, hey Brandon, man, they want these people over here. They want to come talk to you about this and that. And I know we're going to get to your book in a second. That loss gave you a chance to really show your teammates who you were. Because just imagine if you win and you, and you do what you want to do, they don't get a chance to know you because, man, my dream's coming true. Your dream's not coming true as fast as you want it made me go. <laughs> I guarantee you right now, man, some of the walk-ons said, I'm telling you, Brandon Siley was a nerd. Now, nah, hell no. That dude, I just, I'm telling you because it took me a long time, B-Solid, to realize this, man. We can never tell them boys thank you enough, boy. You can never, them boys you play with, you can never tell them, but most guys only know us for this much. Yeah. Like, he can run, he can hit, he can jump. You got a chance to take this to this. I mean, you really got to open up to be able to say, because I'm blessed enough to be able to have this uh, platform, man, 84 Reasons, and it's, it's to do this. Sitting and talking to you, Learning about B. Siler in a way, I'm like, what the hell? Because, I, you know, I think I know. You know, I think I know. But I always say, I do this for what Wikipedia don't know. I do this for what no one knows but you. You talk about being a leader. You got, look, you got your, you got your book, Definition of a Leader. You got your Leadership Academy. What you do for Legacy Pro Sports, man, B. Siler, I hear about you so much. Every time I talk to a former player, they're like, hey, man, do you know Brandon Siler like that? You think he can call him? Listen, he was us. It's different when somebody ain't never been us and they say, man, I sympathize with you. No, he was one of them, and he knows your last playing day in the NFL, they count down the day. You get five years of health care, and you won't get one day more. And guess what? You need the surgery. The day after your your fifth year, you, that's when the surgery comes, and they go, "Sorry, man, dang, you you just ran out." Talk yeah. about talk about that. Talk about legacy pro sports, man, and how it what, what, what went into that. It's crazy because the way that 
legacy basically came up, right? Um, we, you know, basically I was, when I got done playing in the league, I retired after six years and it was because Javon Belcher shot himself in the head at the facility and I was there, right? Um, and I was the only other Mike linebacker on the team. Um, that day, that broke my heart so much that I lost my love for a game that I had loved my whole life. Right. Um, and I retired. I never got cut in the NFL. So I played six years. And after my sixth year, I left the locker room and didn't come back. Right. Um, when I got done with that, I went, um, um, worked for a company, CMEX. Right. Um, I had a former play, player walk on, David Nabobby, that won a bunch of SEC championships and national championship and brought me on the opportunity to manage. Uh, a company called CMEX, biggest cement company in the world, uh, for about two and a half years. I was doing well, thought I was doing um, pretty good, and started facing my own mental health challenges. And then um, I had about five or six of my guys that uh, I knew that started complaining about the system and how it worked. And I was like, look, um, I don't know what's going on with this, but they asked me to help. And I'm like, well, look, I try to help any way that I can. And I started digging into it, digging into it, digging into it as much as I could. And I said, every turn I would hit a roadblock, I would hit this. I would say, oh, that's why. This is why. That's why. This is why. Oh, no, that's awful. Right. So eventually I was like, you know, this is something that is a necessity. This is needed by us as former players. Um, that roadmap, right? The NFL has done what they feel um, is, is is right by us, right? We do have things that other leagues don't have. We have disabilities that other leagues don't have. However, from a player's aspect, and I understand this, we don't understand how we get to the finish line, right? You could have this all you want, but if I can't get to this, it does me no good, right? So what I did ultimately was form a bridge that gets this player ultimately to the things that are set up uh, by the NFL and put in place for us to um, be well after the game, right? Financially, uh, medically, um, neurocognitively, all of these different things that the NFL sought after to help us, but then players weren't able to access those things. So at Legacy Pro Sports, we get guys' disabilities. Um, and it started off just helping out those six guys. And now we have over 5,000 guys that uh, we represent in some capacity uh, as far as that goes. And then you get into the mental health aspect of it. And we have Peer Recovery uh, California, where it's a mental health facility and it's for uh, athletes, collegiate, professional athletes that played at a high level but are going through these same things, right? Um, and what our structure is is basically, look, there are rehab facilities and they're helpful all around the world. But us as athletes, we experience the same same type of traumas together, right? We understand the same things together. We're going through the same problems with our family and that sort of thing. And you just feel like nobody else really can understand that. The only people that can understand it is other professional athletes, mm -hmm. other people that are in your situation, right? So at Pure Recovery, we have a place where athletes can be with athletes. When you go and you have group therapy um, and it's people that you don't know, people that haven't really come from your background, it takes you forever to open up and understand that this thing can be helpful. But when you got guys that are going down that same path, that's been through that same thing, they might be at a different place in their uh, recovery. Uh, but you can realize that if you're in a further place, you're going to help somebody else out that's there with you. And it'll be somebody in a further place than you that's pulling you along, that's helping you out, making you see things that you haven't seen. So at Peer Recovery, we treat guys with mental health, whether it be uh, psychiatrically, uh, we, we do neuro issues, anxiety, depression. We also treat TBIs. We treat substance abuse. Uh, all of these sort of things we treat. Um, and it's been a real success and a real life changer, a real life changer for a lot of our players. 
So I take pride in those things because the way that I see it is at Legacy and at Pier, we're doing well by um, by doing right. You know what I'm saying? So I won't do anything that's unethical, right? I won't do anything that uh, won't put my players in the in the best light or help them the best way that I can. My job is to do everything that I can for my guys. And they understand that I'm one of them. And I've been through a lot of the things that they're going through. So um, I take pride in those things and I take pride in doing the right thing for my guys. Legacy Pro Sports, Peer Health, you talk about a definition of a leader. You got your leadership academy, but you also got this thing called PBX. Tell, tell the people what PBX is. And, and look, because it's always about, it's always, you know, every, every athlete think, man, I, I'm telling you, I, I still got it. Then you go out there one time, hamstring blown, it blown up. Tell, tell the people about well, PBX. Well, it's crazy because my partner in Legacy is Ryan Sherry. He played tennis at the University of Florida. And a long time ago, I'm talking probably about five years ago, he got involved, five, six years ago, he got involved with pickleball, right? And he was like, this pickleball thing, it's it's going to blow up. It's going to be crazy. So he convinced me of it, and I jumped in, you know, with him and started playing pickleball, went to his tournaments, and um, he's one of the best players uh, in the country, right, in pickleball. Well, PBX came with us and um, started talking to us about having a league where uh, former professional athletes or celebrities can get together and play pickleball and they can do it. And people that admire us or have never hung with us or never played a sport with us, they can come and enjoy a game that we are playing afterwards. So they plan on having like tournaments. Um, they can do events. They can do corporate events where you get to play pickleball with some players that you've been a fan of for a long time. Um, so we partnered with them and we're growing that out. Um, I'm going to be on Fox and Friends uh, Saturday morning um, for a charity playing pickleball um, in New York on Times Square, right? So playing pickleball and raising money. So pickleball has been a lot of um, what I'm doing and the things that I'm doing lately with Ryan. Um, and we're trying to grow um, PBX as well. So you got PBX, you got your book, Definition of Leader, you got your Leadership Academy, you got, got, you know, you got Peer Health, you got Legacy Pro Sports, father, husband, businessman. What, what, what aren't you doing besides, it, it's good to say, what, what aren't you doing? Are you getting any rest these days? You know, it's crazy because people always ask me, you know, like, how do you balance it, right? Um, and I think that you have to keep your order of things that you do um, right, right? You have to keep um, your obligations, the things that are important to you, you have to keep them in order, right? So for me, it's God first, family second, right? And then it's a businessman, right? There's nothing, there's God, there's my wife, there's my kids, and then it comes to business, right? So as long as I keep them in order, right? So I told you that I'm going to play, um, I'm going to play pickleball in New York Saturday. Well, that Saturday morning, I'm gonna be in Times Square, basically from six to 10 a.m., right? But my son has a football game, right? So I'm, I did this two seasons ago, and people say, hey, you're crazy. But when you have your priorities right, the only thing that's crazy is getting those priorities out of whack. So I got to jump on a jet, on a private jet, get there in 30 minutes, and fly back to Orlando to drive 30 minutes to my son's game so that I can be there on the sideline as a coach. So that's the sort of sacrifices that I make in my life because I keep my priorities right, right? And in my book, you'll start to understand, like, some of those things that made me into that person, right? There were some some things that happened to me in my life that uh, triggered me and made me into that person. And I talk a lot of times about this, like um, my definition of being a leader is different from what gurus would tell you 
um, every day about being a leader, right? Um, they would tell you, go find some people that you will be like, that you aspire to be like. And I can tell them that when I grew up, there was not many people that I ever could have saw, that I ever would have known that I wanted to be like. So how then do I achieve this ultimate level of leadership? Well, you re-engineer it, right? You start seeing the things of the people that you don't want to be like, and you do opposite, right? If they making D's and F's, then I made straight A's, right? How do I come to do that? I, I saw what I didn't want and the people that what they were doing, and I said, I'm going to do exactly opposite, right? So re-engineering that in your mind is a lot of the things that I talk about in my book, and you'll be able to get deeper into that. So the release date for my, my book and the release date for my Leadership Academy are coming up, and um, it's going to be a treat for everybody because they'll get a little bit of insight in the book on my background and how I came to be where I'm at and a lot of good stories of all of those things. And then in the academy, you actually have things that you can learn, things you can put into place. You have tests, you have quizzes, um, and you'll be able to continue to develop yourself as a leader over time. And uh, so I'm excited about those two projects coming up. Is there is there, uh, is there anywhere uh, the fans can go? You say you are. Uh, you say your book uh, is coming out soon. I mean, you got you got an actual release date. Is there somebody can go get a pre order? Right. So just uh, if you go on my social media, uh, Brandon Sala forty, right? Um, it's gonna be there. We'll post it um, for guys to go on and purchase the book and go on and sign up for the Leadership Academy. As long as you stay up to depth, up to date on that. So go follow me on Instagram. And that's how you'll be able to keep up with everything that I got going on and uh, everything that's coming up the pipeline. He is Brandon Simon, national champion, SEC champion, one of the one of the goats when it comes to that linebacker position. And whenever I do my goat series, you know, University of Florida, I'm gonna just sit around the table and I'm just gonna ask questions. This man gonna definitely have a seat at the table. But what I appreciate the most is something Larry Fedora told me when I was blessed enough to go speak when he was at the University of North Carolina. He said, Ben, all we ever cared about is that you became a good man. So y'all thought, I want to see you hit. Run. No, 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 no. I want to see you become a good man because you're going to be a former player much longer than you're going to be a player. Yeah. He said, but if I tell you that, that ain't going to help you beat Tennessee. That ain't going to help you beat Georgia. But when we see you later on in life and you're in good health, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and you still you. He said, because I got the young you. People think when you get old, I got to change. No, man, just be a great father. Be a great husband. Be a great friend. Be a great, you know, uh, an entrepreneur if that's what you want to do. See, what you be signing, people would never know. See, people knew about Legacy Pro Sport. They looking forward to pickleball. They, they looking forward to the book and Leadership Academy. They ain't know you was a 4.2. They know you was a 3.8. They ain't know you've been to Harvard, Yale, the Wharton School, Business School, got going to get your doctorate. They're going to see, hey, man, the same dude that was in New York on Saturday was on the sideline on Saturday. Because that's what I do up there. This is who I am on the sideline. That's who I am. Because that's me out there on that field. Be silent. Look, this is why I do this, man. I don't do this. I had Lewis Murphy on, man. Y'all boys were it. I'm trying to tell you, when y'all was at Florida, I said, be solid, my cousin. What you, no, we just got different people. That's my, because I'm telling y'all <laughs> boys used to do it. Listen to me. Because, you know, we brag on our school like no other. Yeah, we played for different schools. I mean, different teams in the league. That's who employed us. For sure. Florida's who we chose. We chose Florida. And the thing about it is, is I said, look, I don't care what these other schools do. I don't care what that school on the Panhandle do. I don't care what that school in South Florida do. I don't care what that school in Athens doing. Don't come at me by Gainesville. If you want to get me riled up, don't come at me. When I walk in my sister's house and my nephew go, Uncle Ben, it's like that. I said, it was. And it's going to get back to that. I can't say that's where it's at now. But most people ain't got no, ain't got no history to look at. They don't yep. got nothing. They don't got no archives to say, well, look at this. Most of them make it up. And I'd be like, well, where's your, where's your evidence? And the thing is, when I see, when I saw you and B, B Sykes, man, I go, what, what, what is the offense going to do when they're looking at that? 
That go 40, that go 55. What do we, <laughs> you can't run away from me. You can't run at me. Then they let y'all blitz. That is cheating. They let y'all, you want to go, you want to, I'm going. Hot, man, I, we ain't even, that, that, this would be another conversation, but you know, did Swamp Kings, man. You talked about knowing your teammates. They're going to be watching this. Man, what do you want to say to them boys that you didn't get a chance to say on that film? Man, it was so much said um, in the making of that film, and the producers did a good job breaking everything down. But there were so many stories. There's so much stuff that happened over that whole period of those four years that, you know, you can't say it all in a four-part series, right? You can't give it all in a four-part series. Um, I think that uh, a lot of the people that were in it, a lot of the people that were a part of it, they loved it. I know the fans loved it and they understand it. Um, I think the frustration that some people have is that they want more. Right. Um, and of course there is, there's a lot more, right. There's a lot more. Um, and I wouldn't be against that. There are some people that, uh, some of my teammates that passed on opportunity. Right. Um, and we all spoke about it. So everybody that had the opportunity had it, there's some that passed on it for specific reasons and those reasons are understood and they understand why they wasn't a part of it. Right. But then there's others that passed on it and they're kind of upset about, now that is number one shit you know i would be mad too yeah yeah an opportunity and then now it's number one on netflix i'll be upset about it so um i don't think this has to be it right so i could tell them that look i'll be a part of anything that you know wants to push forward and wants to tell more of the things that you know we got into more of the stories because there's so many to be told they they you know they picked out what they can pick out and 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 to make the story um great in the way that in the way that it was but i'm down with whatever if if we all get together and we put our heads together we can do anything just like we won national championship just like we was number one then just like we was number one on netflix if we decide to do something again guess what we're gonna be number one today he is brandon Simon. I'm gonna try to go through this the right way. BCS, I mean, uh, BCS national champion, all SEC, all American, six-year NFL pro, walked away on his own terms. I want y'all to understand the greatest thing you could do as a player is to tell them I'm good. Because usually it's the other way around. If you miss a step, pay cut, we want you to, we want you to, uh, you know, mentor the next guy. Walked away on his own terms. Orlando boy. Definition of a leader, author, leadership academy, doing for doing it for the next time. Man, you talk about what he's doing for mental health out there in California. Now, you're finna see Brandon Siler out there holding a pickleball racket saying, What the hell going? What the hell's going on? You talk trash, now I'm here. But bigger than that, man. But bigger than that, bigger than that, it's what he says. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. I'm I'm in Times Square, I'm in New York. When they kick that ball off. I'm on that sideline because who I am used to be all that I am, right? And people used to think, no, it's what you do. No, it's always going to be who you are. Wife and the kids, they're going to be the only ones there in the end because they was the ones there in the beginning. But legacy pro sports, so many representing so many players that will take a full episode to name them all. I call Brandon Siler what he is. He is a renaissance man. I'm a jack of many trades, but I do a lot of things well. But I don't got to master none of them. I don't got to be the master of none of them. Man, congratulations on welcome to welcome to this this world. This, this world called the author world. It is crazy to be when that book come out, your phone's gonna be ringing for reasons you ain't never seen or heard. Coming from a person who has a book himself, it is crazy, but it gives you a chance to tell your story to people who don't watch football. And it is, they ask questions like, how many players is it on the field at one time? You play what again? But but at the same time, you've always been more than a football player, man. You let that know because you took care of your business away from the field, handled your business on it. Man, I'm super duper 
proud of what you're doing. And this is just, this, this is just 2023. Hell, by 2024, yeah, well, now I got leadership academies all over the world. Now we got one in Haiti. We got one in, you know, Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just happy for you because I'm getting a chance to know the man. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember you, man, man, boy. I said I used to feel bad for people. I said, "Be silent, leave them alone." God, gee, leave them alone. But the same tenacity. I have, I have a, I have a, a nonprofit group called the Uncommon Crew. The UncommonCRU.com. We talked about team. We meet every Tuesday. We talked about team. I say, and I let them pick words. The word they picked for T was tenacious. The word they picked for for E was everybody. It's gonna take everybody. The word they picked for A was availability, and the word they picked for M was mature. I believe you all, I, you tenacious as hell, you bring everybody with you, you make yourself available, and boy, maturity is a growth thing. It's an every year, everyday thing. I'm proud as hell of you, B. Silent man, because when you you a nerd at heart, and you like, man, I wanna I want to embrace this nerd thing. Legacy Pro Sports, I get the, I get the pickleball, I, I'm gonna have to check it out. I'm gonna have to see it. I know what it is, but I'm like, before I step out there and embarrass my last name, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna talk trash on the sideline. I'm gonna not do that. I'm gonna not do that. But man, you bringing so many people with you, man. You talk about your home, what you doing with Legacy Sports? He bringing you in with him. You talk about what you doing in California. You talk about what you doing for your hometown. But boy, as long as you on that sideline, you do you can do whatever you want. As long as your wife and children don't lack anything from you. Hit your head on the moon. See, that's what I had to know. As long as my kids don't lack anything, I can do that. I can do what I do because they who I am. The greatest thing we're going to ever do is who we decide to walk through life with and who we decide to make children with. That's going to be the greatest because that's our legacy. That's what lives on. But Legacy Sports, PBS, Leadership Academy, definition of a leader, that boy gonna be in Times Square, but you are gonna have that South Florida boy and say, "Hey, he getting there before it get cold, so you don't got to worry about wearing no jacket. It ain't got cold up there yet." <laughs> but be silent, man. Listen, from everybody at Eighty Four Reasons, myself, Ryan, boy, I love you, boy. Keep doing what you're doing. Hit your head on the moon, and if you don't hit your head on the moon, I see you one. I see you amongst one of the stars. Say, "Yo, B, man, keep doing you, man. Salute to you. Proud as hell of you, man. Like I said, hey, Netflix." Y'all know y'all got to do another one, right? You know you got to do another one, right? <laughs> hurry, hurry, and we're number one. You don't want to go number one again? Oh, and to you other schools that's mad, if y'all do get a Netflix special, you're welcome, because we start. So if you do get one, we start. It's easy to be number two, because number one paved the way. That's all it is, baby. I appreciate you for having me, man.